Hello, everybody, and welcome back to English with Fraser. Welcome to another episode of the English with Fraser podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most, Fraser, and this is a show for those who are wanting to learn British English and English through natural acquisition, through natural material, and listening to lots of natural and native content. Um, this show is, of course, aimed at those intermediate to advanced learners, but this doesn't mean that you cannot learn from this show if you're more at the beginning stage, and I hope you do so. In this episode, I would like to recommend some TV shows, some British TV shows that I really enjoy, and also that I believe will be quite beneficial if you guys and girls watched in the sense that they're set in the UK, so they have British accents, and it also helps you understand more about the culture. Now, watching TV shows has always been a big part of most people's lives, but I do feel recently, thanks to streaming platforms such as Netflix, Amazon, TV shows are watched and consumed even more. So this is why a good TV recommendation from someone is always well welcomed and received. However, with a TV recommendation compared to a film, often it's quite a big commitment. You may be thinking, Fraser, what do you mean by that, that a TV show is a big commitment? Well, I mean it's a big time commitment. Unlike a film that you can watch in, say, one and a half or two hours, a TV show often has multiple series and multiple seasons. Series or seasons are used interchangeably here. They're synonyms, synonyms, if I can say it correctly. Um, so this means that someone may recommend you a TV show. It has three seasons and each season has 10 episodes that are 50 minutes or maybe an hour long. So in reality, say you have 30 episodes at an hour, that's 30 hours you have to dedicate to watching this TV show. And I know I make it sound like it's a hard task or a chore, but actually, generally speaking, we watch maybe an episode a night or an episode or two episodes a night. So three seasons, that could be a whole month of watching TV and not watching anything else. So if someone gives you a TV recommendation, you have to trust that person and also hope they have good taste. Because if they have bad taste, you might watch the first season and not like it and feel like, oh, I've wasted my time a little bit here. I wish I would have watched this. I wish I would watch that instead. However, such is life. As we say in the UK, you win some, you lose some. So you might get a great TV show. You might get an average one. But these ones that I recommend to you, I believe are good and I believe you'll enjoy them. So when I watch TV, I'm more of a, an episode of Nightman. So if I get into something, I'll try to sort of schedule it so every night before bed I watch one episode. However, I must admit recently I don't watch TV shows as much as I used to do. In my youth I could get through and watch plenty of episodes, even three or four episodes in one sitting. Binge watch is what we say, binge watching. However, I can, by myself, I couldn't really do that. If I'm with friends or family and we're watching a show, then yeah, maybe I'll watch a few, 
But by myself, I don't really do that as much anymore. But that's what Netflix is good for. Before Netflix, we obviously used to have to wait every week for the new episode to come out. It might be out Tuesday, 8 o'clock. So every week you'd wait for this episode to come out. Now, Netflix, they're always available all at once. So you've got all 10 episodes ready to go. And if you wanted to, you could watch all 10 in a row on a Saturday, be a potato, sit on the sofa, and just watch all 10. To be honest, that's quite nice to do every now and again. Occasionally, maybe once every three months, once every six months, just have one of those days where you literally watch 10 episodes in a row, a whole season in a row, and it's quite nice. That's nice to plan such things. So you might think, all right, I've had a hard week at work. This Saturday, there's the new season coming out. I'm going to watch all 10 episodes in a row, order a pizza. It's going to be beautiful. Sounds great. Sounds great. Having said that, sometimes on Netflix, they do release it week by week. Or an example that comes to mind is Squid Games, the TV or the game show. So obviously you guys are familiar with Squid Games, I would have thought. Korean TV show, really good, really interesting. Had you on the edge of your seat, uh, as we say, which means you just can't wait to watch, you can't wait to see what happens. That was out a couple of years ago, 2021, I believe. Recently they released Squid Games, the game show. So it's exactly like the TV show, but people don't actually get shot, you know. It's sort of a, a paint, a paintball blows up and that's like signals that they're out of the game. So it's less violent, but the games are similar. I won't ruin it for you, but I really recommend watching that. That's what I'm watching um, most recently and I can't wait for the finale. With that, they released, I think, three or four episodes at a time. So they released four, then you waited, then they released five and then you waited. Then they released the finale. So they spread it out over three weeks. I'm on the finale, so I'm going to watch that probably this week, actually. Um, if you guys watched the finale, let me know if you enjoyed it. Um, don't tell me just yet because I haven't seen it. So the thing is, when they release it week by week or when you watch it on TV, in a way, that's better because it builds up the excitement. It builds up the hype, we say. If you can watch them all at once, then it sort of doesn't have that same excitement when you wait for that finale or it's one a week. And I love the fact when it's one a week, as you know, on Tuesday, I always watch this TV show. So it's something to look forward to. So in, in your opinion, do you prefer the Netflix model where all the episodes are available at once? Or do you prefer the old school, the older model where it's a week by week uh, basis and every episode scheduled for a certain time? For example, I'm a fan of the TV show Bake Off. I believe Bake Off is also recorded in, in other countries as well now, but this is a, originally a British TV show. Now, Bake Off, as the name would suggest, is a baking competition. So they bake cakes, they bake bread, they bake croissants, all sorts of things. Um, can't remember exactly what the other rounds are. 
Um, and then each week they bake off and there's a star baker and they win star baker. And then each week there's someone that goes out. Now this happens week after week until the final where there's three in the final. And then the winner wins a prize, uh, it's sort of a trophy. I don't think there's any money won, but it's sort of the glory to win. And after, of course, there will be TV opportunities, maybe book deals, that person that one's a bit more famous. It opens doors, as we say. Now, that is the perfect example of week by week, and it builds excitement. For example, I'd get home from work on a Tuesday, and I know Bake Off's on 8 o'clock on a Tuesday. And that's something to look forward to. I forget about it, and then maybe the thought comes to me during the day. Ah, it's Tuesday. It's Bake Off Day. This is also the same with Strictly. I mentioned Strictly before, Strictly Come Dancing. This is a dancing show. That's every Saturday. So Saturday for the main show, Sunday for the results. So for me, every weekend and every Saturday, I think this is a Strictly Day. Now, in the past, this model had a downside that if you missed the episode, then, well, you missed it. But now, because of on-demand applications such as ITV, um, ITV Player, Channel 4 Player, iPlayer for BBC, now you can watch it anytime you want. So if you miss the show, say it's Saturday, you've got plans, you go out, no problem. No problem. You'll just watch it on Monday, for example. And this is great because it gives you flexibility. Now, the flexibility is the main number one positive for Netflix because you can watch it whenever you want. You can watch three in a row. Sometimes it's such a cliffhanger, which means the episode ends and there's a climax at the end. You don't know what's going to happen. Did he do this? Did she, did she pass? Who went out? So there's such a big cliffhanger but then you can watch the, the next episode straight away. So that's the biggest positive for Netflix, in my opinion. Now, my recommendations. Firstly, I would recommend The Office. Now, you might be thinking, Fraser, but you said you're recommending British TV shows. The Office has been going for ages. It's so popular in the US. It's one of the most famous shows. Steve Carell in it, he's, he's amazing. Well, you might not know, or maybe you do know, but The Office, the US, is actually based off The Office, the UK. So The Office, the UK was the original Office, written by Stephen Merchant and Ricky Gervais. That's the original Office, and then they sold it to the US, and the US basically had the same first seasons, and then after that, they started writing themselves. This is because the UK office only has two seasons. There's season one, season two, and then there's a Christmas special. So the US office, season one and season two, are almost word for word the same. So they follow the same script, just the cast is American and slightly different. And then season three onwards, the US office started writing themselves. So then it differs. However, the first two seasons are practically the same. And the writers of The Office, Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, they get what we call royalties from the US office. That means 
I don't know exactly how much or if it's a percentage, but they get paid something from the US office because it's their idea. They wrote the original and they sold it. So they get what we call royalties, royal like the royal family, royalties. So they get royalties from that show. Now, the UK office for me is one of the most hilarious TV shows. It's over 20 years old and it's still funny and relevant to this day. When I say relevant, I don't mean it's relevant to current affairs. I just mean the characters and the situations are still relevant now. It's still relatable now and it still makes you makes you laugh. So the main character in that is called David Brent and he's the manager of a small sort of printing or paper firm in Slough, which is in the UK, not far from London. Um, so that's set in Slough Trading Estate, which isn't very luxurious. And that's why it's so funny and relatable, because it's just an everyday, random, average company set in Slough. Nothing special. However, David Brent, he thinks he's sort of God's gift, which means he thinks he's amazing. He thinks he's the best manager. And it's also great because he thinks he's hilarious. So he also thinks he's a bit of a comedian as well. And he sort of goes around making a fool of himself, saying funny things, being a little bit embarrassing, embarrassing the workers. Now, it's sort of a fake sitcom. I think this does have a, a, a subcategory name. Um, so it's not reality TV. It's filmed as it, as it was reality TV, but it's actually written. So the way it's written is those characters aren't real, but they think it's real. And we're supposed to believe it's a real sitcom, a real reality show. But in reality, it isn't actually um, a sitcom that's based on real people. They're actors, of course. For example, there's one bit that comes to mind. So they're all sat in a meeting. They're sat on individual chairs, gathered around in a circle. Something really awkward and bad's happened. Can't remember exactly. So it's really awkward, a bad situation. And then David Brent says to Tim, who's one of the main actors, uh, Martin Freeman, he says, go and get the guitar. And it sort of pans to Tim and look at the camera because playing the guitar in this moment's the worst thing to do. It would be incredibly awkward and just, who, who does that? But Brent being a bit of an entertainer, a comedian, he knows what's best. So they get the guitar back. And then it cuts back to the scene and he's strumming away, giving it giving it 100% singing his song he wrote, which is actually called Free Love Freeway. You can Google this song. So Free Love Freeway, it's from The Office, um, David Brent. Ricky Gervais, who's the actor, he also happens to be from Redden. So he's from a place called Cemetery Junction. There's a Mr. Cod on Cemetery Junction. When I go to work, I always get the bus that goes past Cemetery Junction into town, into Redden Town Centre. Brent has actually, well, Gervais, disguised as Brent, has also wrote a full album where he's pretending to be David Brent, and there's a few good songs on there. It might be called Free Love Freeway. If you just Google David Brent album, you'll find it. That's worth a listen. That's quite funny, especially if you like the show. So if you watch the show and you like it, I'd recommend listening to that album for a bit of a bit of a laugh, as we say, for a bit of fun. It's just one of those shows that has some incredibly quotable lines that just make you laugh. 
and me and my friends still quote uh, The Office to this day. So for me, that's why it's one of the best and an absolute classic. <laughs> Even makes me smile thinking about it now. Great TV show. Next, I'd like to recommend another TV show that is based in the UK, amongst other places of the world. They travel around a little bit in this show, but it is mainly based in the UK with a predominantly British cast. And this is Killing Eve. I don't know if you're aware of Killing Eve, but this is probably one of my favourite TV shows that I've watched. It's really good, really interesting. The premise and the plot of this show is there is a assassin called Villanelle and the main character is called Eve. So Eve works for the British Secret Service, either the MI5 or MI6, and her job is to sort of catch and stop terrorists and criminals who are trying to perpetrate the UK. So she's working this job and then one day she gets a case or a case study that is this murderer who's incredibly good, doesn't leave any traces, best in the business and this is Villanelle and she is supposed to be Russian and we find out more about her as the show progresses. Villanelle ends up being obsessed with Eve and she sort of does these murders and leaves clues so Eve can see them. And then there's sort of, it's more than just fascination. It's sort of, it's the, they start liking each other. And it's a very strange premise how they've never actually met each other. But all they can think of is each other. Villanelle does see Eve briefly, but they don't meet. And the climax builds and builds until eventually they meet. Villanelle sort of breaks into Eve's house and eventually they meet and she's with a, a skilled assassin who's part of this crime syndicate or this assassin syndicate called the 12 and they sort of have assassins everywhere and then each assassin has a handler. So Villanelle has a handler and the guy that is her handler is called Konstantin, so a Russian name. He isn't, in fact, Russian, the actor. The actor is Danish, called Kim Bodnia. I really love this actor. He just reminds me of this big, big teddy bear. Lovely, lovely man. And he is also on a TV show that I really love. This isn't a British show, but I'd still recommend you this show. He's on a show called Bronbrauen, which means bridge and bridge in Danish and Swedish, respect, respectively. Now this show, The Bridge, or Bron Brown, is really, this is one of the best mystery shows out there. This might be my favourite show of all time. On the bridge, they find a body cut into two on the bridge that intersects and connects Denmark and Sweden over, over the sea. And there's a body found in the middle of the bridge, half a corpse and half a corpse. And the two police forces, so... Malmo Police Force and Copenhagen Police Force, they have to work together to solve this mystery. And Kim Bodnia, he's Danish, so he's from the, the, the Copenhagen Police Force. And then from the Swedish Police Force, from Malmo Police Force is Segenoren, and that's played by Sophia Helen. And she's very to the point, 
I think she has some sort of um, maybe ADHD or autism or something like that. She can't read people socially and she's very to the point and says it exactly how it is. But she's so funny in that. So they work together to try to find the, the murderer, the mastermind behind this. And then there isn't just this body on the bridge. There's also future murders and the guy sort of leaving clues for them to catch. They're trying to catch him. That's incredible. So that's called The Bridge, 2011. There's four seasons of that. Recommend certainly the first couple seasons of that. But going back to Killing Eve, Killing Eve's also really good because it's a, a great spectacle to watch. It's not just set in the UK, it's set all over Europe. So Villanelle, she gets given tasks and assignments, so kill this person, kill this person, but not just in the UK, across Europe. So you'll skip from England, London, to Tuscany, Italy, for example, Paris, Berlin, and there you'll see Villanelle do this extravagant murder. And then she'll either leave a sign or a clue for Eve to find so she can chase her. Um, and then she moves on to the next place. But this is really good because it'll have the new place and then it will say Tuscany, big text in the middle. And then there's always great music on Killing Eve. So that's one of the things I love about Killing Eve is the soundtrack. Really good. So I recommend watching that. I believe it's on Netflix and I think it's on iPlayer, but definitely Netflix. So please do check out Killing Eve. Now, my next TV show I recommend, this one's incredibly British. This one's called Line of Duty. This one was also on BBC. It's been running for a fair few years, maybe 10 years since the first season. Now, this one is a police one again, but it isn't sort of murderers as much. This is like police and detectives. So Killing Eve is a bit more extravagant. It's a bit more, bit more far-fetched, as we say. There's a bit more fantasy in it. Line of Duty sort of real. It feels more real. We say it's gritty, which is G-R-I-T-T-Y. So it's gritty police drama. And this is about catching a crime syndicate as well. So I think they're based in the Midlands. So in Line of Duty, we follow the two main characters, which are DS Steve Arnott and DC Kate Fleming. Initially, Steve Arnott is an authorised firearm officer and he's transferred to Anti-Corruption Unit 12, which is shortened to AC-12. And he's go, he goes over there because he refuses to agree to cover up an unlawful shooting by his own team. At AC-12, that's when he's partnered with Kate Fleming. And they're both younger officers and they work together and form a great relationship. And throughout the seasons, they remain friends, regardless of their indifferent teams. We're also introduced to Superintendent, which is a rank in the police for a high-ranking officer. Uh, Superintendent Ted Hastings. He's, um, I think he's from Northern Ireland, Ted Hastings. He's got a really nice accent. He's a really good character and he has a few catchphrases like Mother of God and Jesus, Mary and the wee donkey. Jesus, Mary and the wee donkey. Uh, we is Irish and Scottish for little, so the little donkey. Line of Duty is quite famous for having abbreviations so an abbreviation is when we take the first letter of each word and use that for short 
For example, you might hear OCG a lot. That's probably the most famous one. OCG. OCG is Organised Crime Group. Also, there's ANPR. If you're in the UK, you'll know what that is. That's Automatic Number Plate Recognition. There's also a famous one, which was CHIS, C-H-I-S, Covert Human Intelligence Source. That means an undercover officer gave that intelligence, so undercover officer gave that evidence. These were quite famous across the internet when Line of Duty was running for all the abbreviations and also Ted Hastings' funny sayings and mother of God, stuff like that. So there's a good story arc that goes between season to season of this undercover operative called H. Now H is a corrupt person within the police force and we follow the officers, Steve Arnott, Kate Fleming, a couple other officers in trying to locate and catch H. H is an undercover police officer who's working for a, a crime syndicate, a big organised crime group. And throughout, we're trying to find this crime syndicate, stop them, track them down and find out who's behind them. And this carries on for six seasons. So there's six seasons in total. This is an incredibly classic British police show. Really good action, good story. Each season sort of has a main protagonist who they're trying to catch. So each season's slightly different from the other. We see Steve Arnott mature as a police officer and a man. And in each season, he changes teams. Not in every season, but he changes teams and units he's in. So it always stays fresh. So I really recommend Line of Duty. That's another BBC one. And it might also be on Netflix. Often they are on Netflix as well. So they're my top three recommendations for British TV shows for you guys to watch that I've seen and I can recommend. However, we don't end there. I have an, a couple additional shout outs and additional bonus recommendations for you. I haven't seen these myself personally, but I know family members who have, and I know they're also very popular. So if you want that really English British style where they speak a lovely British accent, sort of Harry Potter, there's a, posh British accent which is means well spoken and classically upper class like the Queen and even Harry Potter speaks with. This is called received pronunciation, RP, received pronunciation. If you like this classic British accent, this is how the Queen speaks, then I'd recommend you TV shows The Crown and also Downton Abbey. Now, I haven't seen these, so I can't recommend them personally and tell you exactly what they're about, but they're worth checking out, especially The Crown. I know a lot of people that are interested in British culture, like the monarchy. They want to know about the royal family. Now, The Crown is the TV show for you. You can see all the monarchs. You can see Queen Elizabeth II, Princess Diana, Philip, everyone, even Char a young Charles is in there, who's the king right now. So you can see everyone. So that one's really good if you're interested in history and the monarchy. 
I'll have some episodes in the future about the monarchy, famous monarchs, and also a bit more on British history. And on top of that, I would recommend Bridgerton. Now, Bridgerton isn't historically accurate. It's set in an alternative universe, but this alternative universe is strikingly similar to Downton Abbey and also classic British monarchy. So that's similar style. So if you're into monarchs and family affairs and maybe a little bit of history, then I'd recommend The Crown, Bridgerton and Downton Abbey. There's also a Downton Abbey film. I've not actually seen it, but I used to get a lift back from the receptionist at work. And one time she couldn't give me a lift back because she was off to watch Bridgerton film in the cinema with one of her friends. So I got the bus. Such is life. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this show. If you have any questions, please do get into contact with me. English with Fraser at gmail.com. Please leave a five star rating if you enjoyed it, recommend it, send it to a friend. If you've got any feedback, as I said, please get into, con- into touch. The Office, Killing Eve, and Line of Duty are my top three recommendations to summarize. Thank you for listening and all the best. Take care. Bye bye.